Welcome back to episode number 16 of the Redness Report. I know. Four, this is four months straight. Four months straight. I mean, that is a serious commitment. You know what? what's interesting, right? Everybody says with the gym, right? It takes uh, two weeks. Some of people say three or four weeks to create a habit. But for us, this has uh, certainly become a habit now where it's like something that uh, we do every week. It's something that's just like expected. It'd be weird if we didn't do it. It would be weird. We haven't done it. <laughs> it's been yeah, I mean, literally if we stopped doing it, it'd be like, all right, what happened? Something's yeah, wrong yeah, this 100%. week. hundred percent. I mean, I look forward to doing it. And so episode number 16, hopefully you guys are also looking forward to us doing the show. And this week, we continue with the amazing run we've been on with guests. Yeah, non-industry guests too. I mean, non-industry guests. And, uh, and we do have you know, a few good industry guests that are that have committed to coming on. I spoke to Kai Green a few days ago. He's ready to come on the show. That'll be super exciting and fun to have Which Kai on. Which character is he going to be? He's going to be uh, <laughs> Mini Kai. So he'll bring uh. Mini Kai. I want him to, I really want him to come with Adam Paz, who's his, uh, initially his manager and then became business partner and also kind of runs the supplement side of the business yeah, with Kai. Kind of runs the, Kai's life. Run, yeah, he really kind of does. So I wanted them to come on together, but Adam said it'd be just simpler if it was just, Kai and Mini Kai, and uh, <laughs> it's all right. I'm gonna Kai get and Mini Tuba. You need to carry around Mini Tuba. It's gonna look like a little dildo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so that would be that would be good. Um, but uh, we had so we started off the run. Was Roger the first one that was it like on this run? Yeah, I think Roger was the Who first. Was right kind before of... Roger, Ryan. Who was before Roger? Yeah. Or Johnny. He's go to the studio camera, Johnny. Show Ryan. He's this way. He's under more pressure. Okay. Dakota. No, no, no. Start before. Don't go. Nah, he's he's going. Go yeah, I want to hear who was before Roger. Right before Roger was, was Robert. Robert. Oh, Robert. yeah. Okay, that was the one. But I think really Roger Stone. So Roger Stone was a, a break. You know, kind of like wow, that's a, that's an interesting, unique guest. And then after him, right after him, we had uh, General Petraeus, and then we had Dakota Meyer, who was Medal Honor recipient. Great, great guest. And tonight we have Congressman Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL. So we are four deep, not that Louis Marco and, and Mark aren't fantastic, but that was our, our last kind of conversation slash um, what we call panel show. Yeah. Yeah. Which we should do again soon. Yeah, we should be doing them again probably next week. But next week, I'm very excited to announce, although it's not 100% positive yet, will be, uh, will be uh, my friend Alan Dershowitz, who's quite arguably the most, I would say the most, nah, most, most accomplished, most accomplished lawyer in American history or one of them. American yeah. History. I mean, definitely. Certainly alive today. Yeah, because what is he, 84? Yeah, it's right around there. He's going to be one of the most winningest. Yeah, well, he has incredible, uh, like 90% uh, win rate. Yeah. I mean, he's been in every case, major case from O.J. Simpson to just now represented Donald Trump in his impeachment. So, I mean, he's a extremely influential, important um, guy who was 55-year uh, professor at Harvard, been there for 55 years, professor, professor emeritus now, so forever. Um, and... Uh, the, also the youngest professor ever at Harvard, really? Harvard Law. They've never had a younger professor than I am. I remember when I told my dad, you know, like you, you were friendly with him, and he's like, like Alan Dershowitz. He's like, he's like everybody. My mother-in-law knew who he was. Yeah. Like everybody knows who the guy is. Like, well, he participated in a lot of the civil civil uh, rights stuff yeah. initially in the '60s. I mean, he clerked for a Supreme Court justice at a law school, um, and is a twenty-something, uh, early twenties. I mean, he's been influential and important in the world of uh, law, and. Um, Especially, uh, for, first off, he's an appellate uh, expert, but he also works on constitutional law specifically. He's written, I want to say, 30 books. When we get him on the show and you guys get to hear his CV and he goes through all his accomplishments, you will be like, whoa. Like, it doesn't seem lazy like, bastard. <laughs> it does not seem real. I remember the way that I initially got to, got to meet him was I read one of his books called Taking the Stand. And it's about, it's really an autobiography. And he wrote it. 
in the beginning in the foreword you read his actual um his actual like accomplishments what like who is he and what is he you know the, the before he goes into detail just like, what has he done and it's like uh, 15 or 16 pages of what has he done and it's like one thing after another oh yeah i represented uh, you know this and this and this and like the from he's worked with everybody from uh woody harrelson to um uh you know like let's see who else is it's been tons i mean uh, de niro and every every famous like the divorce stuff every major personality you'll be like holy shit he's worked this guy this guy from richard nixon all the way to you know bill clinton and then uh, donald it's trump crazy. i mean it's it's unbelievable the amount of people but i won't uh, i won't go into him anymore <laughs> i can keep going we'll do next week's let show him, now. Let, him, <laughs> yeah, let him let him tell you himself so uh, just guys to, to remind everybody this is a question and answer show although sometimes we don't get to every question and answer i will admit because the guests have a limited timeline, especially when you get somebody like a General Petraeus, or in this case, Dan Crenshaw. Um, so if, let me just remind you guys to text. If you have a question, you can also write it in. If you're watching Facebook Live or YouTube Live, you can write it in, as we see those questions on the side yep. here. But you can also text in to 561-473-4673. Let's put the oh there. It's already on the screen. So we'll start right off. NFL is not something that I'm really a fan of anymore, but you go ahead. This is your story. So I guess the big news is that the season's going to start again. So what people I think have made a bigger deal about is that they have to have a had to have a virtual draft for the first time. But it doesn't really matter to be honest with you, because unless you're one of the first in the first couple rounds, being at the draft isn't a big deal. Typically, you're sitting at home, your agents calling you. You know, it, it's virtual for the most part, anyways. Um, it's just interesting. They're they get to play. It's still full contact. I'm surprised it's not flag football at this point. Oh can you yeah. imagine if it wasn't full contact? I, I wouldn't be surprised Jeez. at this point. Um, essentially, only six of the 32 teams are going to host actual fans, but it's going to be a really limited capacity. Uh, it's going to be essentially generated crowd noise. Because that's the thing as an athlete. Playing in a, an empty arena has got to be the worst thing in the world. Oh, my God. Because how do you, what do you feed so off weird. of? Yeah, and then it's simulated noise. It's like the cars now that have simulated exhaust. It's like a fucking shit show. Um, so you see with the basketball, you look at what the guy, like oh, the fake simulated of all the audience. Like, yeah, what the fuck? I don't get it. Yeah. So one of the interesting rules is that only one person per side is allowed at the coin toss, and they have to be wearing a mask at the time of the coin toss. But you can tackle someone and fucking spit on them, and you're perfectly fine because yeah. <laughs> you know in the pile all sorts of crap happens. Um, so it's like it's so weird. Like that, that's where you're gonna take the stand because that's where the camera's at. And it's like, oh, NFL's doing their part. They got masks on. But then, you know, then it's full contact. So it's like, it's, I don't hey. know, it's being half pregnant, if you ask me. But interesting, I mean, the positive thing is that, you know, it's getting back to normal. But obviously, I'm sure it's because these teams need the advertising dollars more than it is. Because you got to think, all the people with stadium jobs are still out of jobs, you know. So there's, there's a, still a huge economic downfall from it. But, you know. The owner's going to get their TV money. <laughs> well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> um, next story is uh, Dr. Dre's wife, who's also going to be getting her money. Uh, she had to get a lot of money. So what's he worth now? Uh, Nine hundred million, or is it over a billion? He's over a billion. One point one. Find out the net worth, Ryan. What's the net worth of uh, of him, of uh, Dr. Dre? I think he's a billionaire. Current moment, eight hundred million. Okay, but but some bad investments. Yeah. So so. Uh, his wife and him are getting divorced, and so what they're arguing about now is is her actual spousal support. How much money does his wife need per month to, just to survive? You know. Well, I mean, clearly a lot. Two million dollars <laughs> a month <laughs> to survive. 
because she's got expenses, and these are not. This is not me making it up. This is where how she outlines it. She has a, a, quite a bill for uh, laundry and cleaning, ten thousand dollars a month. That's actually the cheapest one on here. That's the cheapest one for clothing. She needs to stay in the highest state of uh, style of fashion. High state. Sorry, I'm too red getting too red con. Highest style of we fashion. We can send her some shit at one hundred and thirty. Oh my god, she saved a lot of just wore red con stuff. One hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars a month in clothes. I don't know what kind of clothes she's wearing every month. They're made of gold. She's like, she wears them and throws them away. She must. Yeah, she must. Every every outfit she wears, she must throw but away. But here's the interesting thing. Building up. Yeah, 135000 a month on clothes, but only 60000 a month for education. And living expenses. Yeah, she's spending more on clothes than education and living expenses for her and her children. The entertainment line, though, is the best. So for entertainment, you know, she doesn't like to, like, you know, she doesn't want to suffer in any way. So she needs $900,000 a month for her entertainment. Because, you know, she has to, like, buy a Broadway show or something. Yeah. I mean, like, grand a month for pocket. You're, like, buying theaters every every month or something. I mean, what are you, what are you doing with $900,000 a month? But then, you know, Dr. Dre has to contribute to her charitable donations, which are going to go up to about $125,000 a month for her charity. That's going to be his biggest charitable donation, $2 yeah. million a month. Her mortgage is only $100,000 a month. Very oh, reasonable. It's reasonable. It's very reasonable. And her cell phone which is a little bit, this is one that I totally don't get. So her telephone, cell phone, and email are $20,000 a month. She must throw away an iPhone every day. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if, I wonder if, um, who came up with these numbers? Oh, her lawyer. Yeah, but it's like, they're so ridiculous. You get, how do you back any of that up? And it's the state of California. So I wonder what divorce laws are like, who they favor, how they do, how they calculate it. Cause if he's worth 800 million and depending on how many years they've been married, 2 million a month, why not just give her? Why not just give her half the money and leave it alone? Well, you know, like, why not give her five hundred million? Paul Bezos and just be like, yeah. here you go. Well, he, that worked out for him. I mean, he's still the richest man in the world. Wealthier after. Yeah, she's the richest woman in the world, Mackenzie yep. now, and, and he's the richest man in the world, and uh, and he's doing fine. But I mean, like this is too. This is like ridiculous. I would just stroke a check because with years of marriage. So she's probably going to get twenty four years of spousal support. So I would just stroke a check for a hundred million and be like, here you go. Yeah. Is that, I wonder if that's even an option. Well, this might be on top of a lump sum payment. Yeah. Because does it say what the nature of their divorce is? Is it infidelity? Is it just because of her face is a little busted? Um, <laughs> looks like she's got too much shit shot up in there over the years. <laughs> Look at that. Aaron Ryan's checking it out. Yeah. Oh. She looks like one of the Kardashians. She really does. She can be like the oldest sister. Dr. Uh, let's see. Debbie says, Dr. Dre's wife is requesting what is usual and customary. He has apparently created this lifestyle for them. Well, Debbie. It's my mother-in-law, by the way. <laughs> well, Debbie. Uh, she may have to adjust her lifestyle uh, at this point, I feel like, you know? So I think that, that uh, at some point, when you're spending $900,000 a month on your entertainment and you're getting divorced, maybe it's time to pare it down to like $100,000 a month on entertainment. <laughs> you know, still pretty good. Like, that's a pretty good lifestyle, I got to say. Hundred thousand. What do you do? Hundred thousand dollars a month on entertainment. It's like vacationing a whole month. Yeah. What do you lump? What do you lump entertainment in? Nah, like, she must like rent a yacht and go charter it around the the world. For I buy a Richard month. Mill a week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, it doesn't. It, what a weird thing to 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 have as entertainment for. Uh, anyway. So who knows what that means? So this is almost like a Ryan story. Uh, Return of the King Ninja, a video game store, goes back to Twitch. So you want to cover this one? Yeah. So obviously ninjas. Probably the most well-known. Him and PewDiePie are probably your top two gamers that are out there. Ryan is working on uh, getting him for a Redcon right now. Yeah. yeah. So he is the, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the highest paid so streamer. That, 17 million? 
Ryan, like not don't. Let's not go there with him. We're going to go no, like seventeen hundred. Okay, for us. Yeah. So if you okay, divorced cool. Ninja, you'd get maybe like one hundred fifty thousand a month, Ryan. Yeah. I never leave. <laughs> <laughs> but so. What he was known for is being the first person I probably to really monetize gaming and you know with the Twitch platform. Twitch was paying him, I think around five hundred and fifty thousand a month to stream. Wow. But he had over two million people watching on an average time he was playing. Mm -hmm. uh, he makes roughly half a million a month from YouTube mm -hmm. from advertising. And then when he went to Mixer, he got twenty to thirty million. Yeah, it's unreported, Jeez. but it was somewhere between twenty and thirty million just to switch. But then of course that platform went away. And now he's back on Twitch. And they didn't disclose how much he's going to make off of Twitch. But I'm again, I'm sure it's going to be back to half a million a month. And then with Fortnite, he's got all the branded toys. Is and, he that good at the games? Is he that good? Yeah, I think he was one of the pioneers of it. That really, but is he, but is he is his first to market or is it because he's that good at it? He's good. Yeah. Better than you? Just barely. Okay. He hedges without Is it because of his hair? Yeah, Ryan needs green hair. Yeah, you have to have green hair. You think you can do that, Ryan? He also branched out to, uh, he has a, a mixtape, a full CD, uh, where he didn't actually do anything on it. He just picked the music and assembled it. Was he wow. an Olsen twin? Yeah, basically. Okay. Wow. They have bed sheets at fucking Kohl's. And, mm. yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there, there's Ninja. Get him on the team, Ryan. 1700. Okay. All right. He's got it. All right. Um, our next story is Yeezy Weekly, of course. We always have to cover what, uh, what our man is doing. Uh, Kanye is doing this week in the in the world of uh, the presidential election. Looks like he's getting a lot of pushback now. Yeah, it's not going as good. So people are not enjoying uh, this this whole process for him. They're thinking that maybe he's not serious. In Arizona, the Supreme Court actually rejected his bid to appear on the ballot, uh, which is a big deal. You know, he has been getting the signatures. You know, last few states he got the required signatures. He's been on the ballot and he has been uh, recognized. Although Arizona won't do it. Arizona won't. And then it's interesting, though, Mississippi is allowing him on the ballot. Yes, they are allowing him on the ballot. So Arizona Supreme Court on Tuesday ruled that Kanye West will not appear on the state's ballot on November 3rd for the presidential ballot as an independent candidate, despite the efforts to run. The court said the ruling in, was uh, that West electors did not necessarily did not file the necessary election papers stated to name the political parties. A lot of this has been a lot. A few things have been because he's from the, um, the birthday party. That's his party, the birthday party. And so a lot of people are saying that's part of the drama is saying, well, he registers Republican, but now he's this birthday party, which is his party. And so he's an independent and that's caused problems for him several times over. So if Kanye wants to win, you know, I don't know what he's got to do. You know, if he switched over to Republican, maybe have a more legitimate chance. But I don't know if that fits into the whole plan, perhaps. So would it have been better for him to run as just a pure independent? And not have a party because yeah we talked about this before I mean, a libertarian maybe or something yeah you right. could have been affiliated with a party before and then run independent so that's what i'm kind of i, I don't know i honestly don't know but i feel like libertarian obviously has been more established so if you were like a ross pro libertarian and instead of like a made-up party called the birthday party it's funny as, as much as we love that name uh if it wasn't if he was like sounded more legit maybe that would be taken more seriously uh and be allowed more places but Either way, you know, the, the real question that we've been asking the whole time is, is this a legitimate, actual, serious run, or is he just trying to pull votes away from Biden for his buddy? You know, we know he's very close Which to Trump, so. Makes sense. Would make would make more sense, because this is obviously, he can't possibly think that he's going to win. You know, it's not like this is a legitimate run in the sense that he believes that he's got a shot. Actually, there's really no chance for any independent party 
based on the numbers and stuff I've read, an independent party really can't win at this point. It's really a two-party country. Yeah. I want to start the pants party. Pants party. Join? Party your pants. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So. All right. So uh, Amazon's Jeff Bezos tops the Ford Riches list, uh, and he's done great in the pandemic. Obviously, we've talked many times. He's had a great run during the he's <laughs> during had the best run out of anybody yeah, he's had a great i mean maybe amazon started covid i mean that was, i mean i'm sure there's some there's some kind of to your door next day. out there there's some <laughs> conspiracy out there of saying that but uh he is at the top of the forge i don't know if he wasn't a week ago but i know one guy who's moved down the list is donald trump who's gotten knocked down quite significantly he was at number 275 last year and he's at 352 this year on the forbes richest uh in the world list the, the top one chart they like charge about a thousand people or yeah, billionaires four, or yeah. Like um and uh so trump gets knocked down being uh being that he's obviously in the business of hotels entertainment you know vacations and stuff like that's going to get knocked down i'll still take number 352 yeah 352 is okay 2.5 billion is not you know yeah. what he was really focused um i think pretty much his whole adult life on that list and being higher up on the list because it you know it's like a uh it's like a not only is it politicking for him but it's also like before actual politics but it's also you know really like elevates his personal brand so trump True. is number 50 and uh and i don't know he ever got to 50 but imagine he's 50 that's a big deal i'm top 50. right being a billionaire and being on list is very important to him and, but yeah when you're higher up on that yeah it was like branding thing so wants to make trump the name trump branded bigger well, so it was a big important thing but at this point i think it's pretty i think he's i would say he's the most famous person in the world right well, yeah, you're the leader of the free world. Yeah, so. but even even compared to like, you know, Brad Pitt or something, he he's he's way past everybody. It's not as handsome as Brad Pitt. No, no, it's a matter of opinion. Ask Eduardo. <laughs> Eduardo um, wouldn't make out with Trump. <laughs> but I mean, I, I honestly think you know, in terms of the world, he's the most famous person alive. Oh, I, I would say so, and also too because he's whether you like him or not, he's such a character, so people pay attention one way or yeah, the other. Yeah, so I think that's really what it comes down to is that's the thing that was important to him getting attention, right? So he's getting more attention now than he ever was getting before. So I don't think the list is as, as important. Uh, but uh, people have moved up in the world. For example, uh, uh, Eric Yun, chief executive officer of Zoom, right? Everybody uses, we use, I use him. Tell you Unfortunately, Zoom. we have yeah. to use Zoom now. Annoyed the shit out of me, we use Zoom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. It was one of the most annoying phone calls because you could hear someone eating. I hate it. Just, yeah. I hate it. I don't like Zoom. Uh, but he uh, he's up with $11 billion in his net worth right now. So way 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 up and he's one of the new uh one of 18 newcomers onto the list with a network of 11 billion pretty unbelievable it's impressive yes uh finally on our list a gender reveal uh stunt sparks a california wildfire that has forced twenty-one thousand people to evacuate have you seen the you've seen the fires well that's the thing you saw like, ron avedon did you see any of the pictures today no he didn't i didn't see oh him. my god he was saying crazy. He was, i saw in the email maybe i just didn't see the pictures but he about the fires yeah that's unbelievable like his own neighborhood is like covered in like this it almost looks like he's on mars was covered in soot let me see if i can pull it up for for you guys and we'll focus in on it what's well, i mean it's crazy it, it's southern california which fires are always a problem who in their right mind would be like oh let's do some pyrotechnics for a baby reveal like i mean this just these people shouldn't have read um right, can you use it can johnny can you get on that is that possible oh, oh that, that camera was, yeah so this is can you now you gotta focus in on johnny if i pull it back a little bit ryan's gonna get in ryan. there i'm gonna put it on okay in the next picture too ryan get close oh well ryan you're gonna get even worse God. all right here you go it's like looking through your glasses jesus 
right. Oh, you still there have you those okay. comic books? This is a neighborhood. This is by his house. the apocalypse. Okay, now check this out. Wait, there's one more. Wait, this may, better not Make be sure you go the right direction. direction. I was going to say, not a naked picture of me. All right. Uh, this is his front yard. This is not like, a, this isn't edited or Photoshop. That's actually his front yard. As crazy, crazy as that is. So it's, this is what his whole, the whole, I mean, area looks like in California. Super crazy. Elon Musk can use that for his promo photos for colonizing Mars. Yeah. Look, it's just yeah. like Earth. <laughs> yeah, or uh, solar power, some other shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like carbon emissions. Look what it's doing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been pretty fucking crazy. I mean, the, the fact that they've had this kind of problem where people are evacuating it and that kind of, this is not, this is a extreme residential neighborhood. This is in the middle of nowhere because a lot of times the wildfires start in like a, a little bit more outside of the cities, you know? Yeah, this is only like, what, 80 miles east of LA? Yep. So it's not that far out. Um, you know, again, 10,000 acres are on fire due to this. And with that brush fire that those people uh, were camping and yep. like that, that caused that massive one. Where was that? Uh, or late last year. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, where it just took out, I mean, it went on for weeks. So, I mean, I don't know. If you live in that area, you got to be a little bit more sensitive to that. Yeah, don't smoke any cigarettes and throw them in the grass and shit, right? Don't Eric, light off any. Would you chill out with that? Yeah, I gotta stop smoking yeah. in the grass. Yeah. All right, guys, with that in mind, oh man, look at that. That's it, Johnny? Jeez. That's crazy. Ryan, you left the stove on. <laughs> one, uh, one recently, you know, was in by Napa. You know, me and Jerry all went, to, we, love, uh, we love Napa, visiting Napa. And uh, also our guy, Max. Uh, one of our team members from Seal oh, Teams yeah. uh, is uh, has a, a winery out there. His oh, really? That, yeah, that's where he was raised. He was raised in Napa, um, and on a on a winery, and um, they were in extreme you know danger of losing all that a few two years ago, I think. And that's one of those things with those that type of crop. No, you're like, done. Yeah, you're done. If, it get, if it gets burned, if, it, if that gets burned, it's, it's like because the soil changes and everything yep. changes. You, if you were you to get your ash yeah, in it, and... it could it could literally ruin the winery forever. Yeah. You can't. You may not be able to replant. So. Thank God that didn't happen, but right now Jeez they're dealing with some crazy. This is like real. How crazy is this? It is Mars. It was like smoked out the sky. I don't. I almost like to go there just to see this because it's so unique, right? Who's that's, ever seen that before? That's not as cool. I like the Buddha right? <laughs> All right, guys. With that in mind, we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back with our new friend, Dan Crenshaw. Be right back, guys. My name is Ben Galloway. And I'm Matt Saraceno. We are the Tier Operator Management Team, and we invite you to join the Redcon One family. I joined the Tier Operator Program because I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Being a Tier Operator is phenomenal. You want to keep tearing up. You want to work for, yes, the best company in the fitness industry. Redcon One helped me reach my goal, which at the time I didn't even know was a goal. The products work. Like that's, I mean, it's what it is. And I want to help other people reach their fitness goals using these products. I love that it's like a big family. I really enjoy that we can get together at events like this. And it's like, even though we're thousands of miles apart, it's just like, we all know each other like we're neighbors. We're not just out here trying to make sales. We're out here trying to change lives. Apply to be a tier operator today.
It's easy to move on with your regular life and forget about things that happened in the past. I think that's just kind of human nature, but it's good to stop and reflect on the things that have happened to us and to this country and to remember those who have perished in attacks like this and to honor that memory. Being a New Yorker, I've participated in events to support charities that benefit families that were impacted from 9-11. To be able to do that here in, in South Florida, I couldn't ask for a better way to spend this September 11th. That year after that happened, it didn't matter what you look like, what you believe as a whole. I feel like the country like really banded together, like you go to the Yankee games and it felt like everyone was family. Join us on Friday, September 11th for the readiness run to honor and remember the 2,977 lives lost on September 11th, 2001. Proceeds from the event will be donated to the Redcon One Foundation. It's a unique time in the world right now. You might have let your diet go. Getting to the gym probably is pretty difficult or for maybe for some of you guys, impossible. When I started thinking about doing another readiness trials, I figured people probably right now have real life issues. Like they're depressed or their finances, you know, lost a job, maybe even lost a loved one. So that's probably not the right time to do a transformation contest, right? That's exactly what I was thinking. I remember the moment when that all went through my head and I was like, wait, hell no, this is the best moment for a distraction, for a goal, for a focus that isn't the news. I mean, the news is crazy. It's a great way to refocus your mind on something that isn't negative, like the riots, defunding the police, viruses, Kanye West for president decided in 2020 to run for president. If you ask me, a goal and a journey, plus being part of a community that are all going after the same thing is exactly what you need right now. We've done seven readiness trials now, and it's gotten bigger and better every time. We can't stop now, we're going even bigger. Last time we gave away $75,000 in cash and prizes, and our grand prize winner, Michael Sparks, won $50,000. This time we are truly going bigger, $100,000. That's right, 100 grand. And it's not even the biggest change. The biggest change was you spoke and we listened. And we're now gonna have 15 cash winners with the top five people winning $10,000. And for the first time ever, we're gonna have free coaching to help you make the most dramatic change. We even enlisted the help of some of our celebrity coaches and judges, Jesse Bowen, Adam Shear, and Martin Ford. It sucks to say, but if the money and the goals aren't enough, think about your health. We're learning a lot about COVID and there's a tremendous amount of confusion and even misinformation out there. But one thing we know for sure is that people who are in better physical shape do much better if they catch it. Having a body mass index of 30 or higher actually increases a person's risk of developing a severe case of COVID-19 by 27%. And a body mass index of 40 or higher doubles the person's risk. That's what the Harvard doctors say. You can either enter by buying one of the Redcon 1 readiness stacks, or if you're already loaded up on Redcon 1 subs, you can buy a ticket to enter the contest for $75. Tickets will go on sale August 15th. When you buy either the stack or the tickets, you'll receive an email exactly explaining how you're gonna enter and how to submit the pictures. Don't worry, we won't show your pictures to anybody unless you're a finalist for the money. Before submissions are due August 24th through the 31st. You'll have that rolling week to decide when you wanna start and then you're gonna have 12 weeks from that point forward to finish the contest. Remember, this is a transformation challenge, not a physique or bodybuilding competition. The best and most dramatic change will be rewarded. Look, 2020 hasn't gotten off to a good start. I'd like to challenge you to hit the restart button with Redcon 1 and change your life forever.
In remembrance of the horrible tragedy of 9-11, this weekend only, we want to offer the 9-11 Memorial Charity Bundle. Spend $50 and get this once-in-a-lifetime 9-11 Memorial shirt. Spend $80 and we're going to give you a total war of your choice for free. Spend $95 and you get to add a two-pound MRE light of your choice for free. And if you want to save even more, put Save 30 in at checkout for 30% off. Additionally, a large portion of the proceeds will go to the Redcon 1 Foundation. Again, this weekend only, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, only available at redcon1.com. All right, guys, you saw the uh, short, the clips. That was a really cool uh, cool one from Johnny. Good job with that one. So we have a lot of great clips on YouTube, and we have the Redcon 1 Readiness uh, Report YouTube channel. We also have the Clips channel, and uh, just like a Joe Rogan. We, we modeled it after Joe Rogan. And the Clips channel is actually uh, just the, I guess, the highlights based on what Johnny thinks anyway, the highlights of the show. And you can get see, like, if you're, you're interested in General Petraeus, you want to see some interesting things he said, you know, arguably the inter most interesting stuff, maybe, maybe yeah. not, I don't know. But there are clips, and you can watch that on YouTube as well. And we'll also post those, quite a few of them, on the uh, on the Red Town 1 YouTube, YouTube, I'm sorry, the Red Town 1 IG. Yes. yes. Along with my IG, your IG, and well, we, maybe not your IG, but my IG. Oh, my God, yeah. relic. <laughs> we got to get Eric Moore on posting it. But yeah, you I saw know. a commercial, Eric, that was cool. So for tomorrow night... Well, almost at this time right now. We start at 8.30 yep. tomorrow night. Yep. Uh, and the actual run, the readiness run, begins at 9.11 tomorrow for the 9.11, you know, the remembrance of 9.11, the people that passed away during 9.11 were raising money for the Red Cohen Foundation, which will be given to a military family uh, directly impacted by 9.11. Yep. Yeah, I mean, what was there, 2,977 people that lost their lives? Is that the actual number? Yeah, I think no. it's something that, that that might be the number, and it's, I mean, the second largest loss of life on American soil behind Pearl Harbor. So, yes, yes. Um, you know, I think everybody remembers where they were. I, I was, I wasn't too far out of college, uh, and I was supposed to have flown like uh, in that roughly that time period. And I was sitting on the couch watching TV, and my parents are calling, freaking out, asking me, "Did I fly?" And I'm like, "No, I'm good. I'm sitting here. Why?" They're like, "Turn on the TV," wow. and that was when the second tower went down. And uh, yeah, I think everybody's gonna. That's one of those things that will be burned in your memory forever of where you were, what you were doing at that time, because it was unbelievable that there was that type of attack on American soil that wasn't during a time of war. Um, even Pearl Harbor, I don't think it was expected because it was, nobody thought that it would have happened on, you know, it wasn't the continental United States, it was Hawaii, but still, I mean, something that happens then in the, what we consider the greatest city in the nation, New York, oh, yeah. you know, to have that happen, I mean, it was, it's, it's a bit of a mind fuck. Yeah, for sure. I know uh, for me, when when it all happened, the second plane hit, everything went to Pentagon, all that stuff. Um, I was at work at uh, a gym at Spectrum Health Club in uh, Denham, uh, Louisiana, and training somebody, and, and we left and headed back. And my uh, my thought process at the time was that uh, we were under attack, and that people. I was like, well, where can I go? Then I'll be safe. 
you know, where can, so at the time I didn't have a, a wife or children or a girlfriend. And I was like, where, what should we do now? You know, America's under attack and we're in trouble. And what do you do? And it was a weird, scary time driving home thinking like, well, is there a target of opportunity yeah, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? I mean, is there a place, cause they have oil, uh, you know, stuff, stuff related to, you know, the oil industry in Louisiana. So I was thinking, well, is this a bad place to be? Where should we be? Where should we go? And that's a, and what a unique, uh, scary thing to to have to be concerned about that and these this day and times and and then the biggest thing for me and we'll talk about tomorrow during the during the actual uh, the readiness run before the readiness run we we got some great messages from a lot of awesome people um, from hoping hopefully from uh, Don Junior uh, I ain't got that one yet but from Bernie Carrick and uh, General Petraeus and a whole bunch of other awesome patriotic Americans have send in their messages that we'll be playing during the, the live stream, but also during the, the video on the, on the screen and the, the huge screen of the gym. And uh, I mean, it, it, it certainly changed people. And uh, today kind of reminds me of a, a similar thing in the, in the sense that, you know, anything could be possible in, that, in a bad way when you, with what's going on now. And, you know, like we've talked about this before, you know, with every, every bad thing that happens in life, you know, there's the, the positive side of it, you know, there's gotta be a reason. And, it brought the country together. It was one of the things that in our lifetime that unified this country, you know, it, it, it didn't matter what religion, race, sex, it brought everybody together in a common ground. And yeah, start talking to Bernie Carrick, who was the police commissioner during line 11 and, and being a, a good friend with him hearing that that's like the, the positive spin. I mean, the really positive spin is that he and, uh, and he, he was with George Bush uh, Jr. The, the whole time in, in New York and all the iconic pictures that people see. He was with him and the things that they experienced, the amount of, you know, um, patriotism, patriotism. Yeah. yeah, that people were all together. It was like such an amazing thing where he was like, man, how can we, and Bernie said this to me several times, where how can we ever get, how do we bring that back? You know, is it possible? What do we have to do to bring that back? And then once you bring it back, how do you keep it there? How do, how do we bring people together and keep them together? And that's, that's really the, the biggest question. If you could do that, man, we're already the best country in the world. Where could we possibly go? You know? Yeah, well, it's also reminding people that because that's what happened with 9-11 is it reminded people we are the greatest country in the nation, brought everybody together. You saw people fly flags again and, you yep. know, really bang the drum for the country where now you have people like, oh, F the country. But it's like, yeah, you still don't leave, yeah. you know, so. Yep. With that, with that in mind, uh, I want to bring in a great patriotic American, uh, United States Congressman, former Navy SEAL, frogman, Dan Crenshaw. Dan Thank you very much for being on the show with us tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome to be with you guys. How you doing? We're doing really, we're doing really well. You know, since we just bring up 9-11, we're doing a foundation run at the Red Cumberland Gym down the street um, wow. for 9-11. Um, I wanted to ask you before we even get going, where were you during 9-11? How did it affect you? I was in high school. Um, I guess that was, yeah, my junior year. Of, of high school. I went to high school in Bogota, Colombia. Um, so it, it was, an, it was definitely, it was an odd experience being there. We couldn't even see it on TV. Um, uh, it, it's not like Colombia's the sticks. It, it's not, um, but, but we had no news. Um, no, it, it was like, I, I just, I, what I specifically remember is seeing the news through like a grainy screen. Um, and, and that might've just been a matter of the fact that there was just didn't happen to have like TV with cable in the school at the time. Um, again, it's, it makes it sound a lot more like jungle like than it really was. It really was not that kind of experience living there. 
Um, but I couldn't even watch the news um, in high school. And so we were just trying to figure out what was going on. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't sink in um, for a while. Uh, I'd already wanted to join the military. So it, it had no effect on, on that goal. That was, that was already my goal. Um, and uh, it was just, it was, I, I didn't get to participate in the experience with the rest of my fellow Americans. And that was kind of, it was so strange. Yeah, we, uh, Eric and I went to Medellin, Colombia, right before COVID. And uh, it's certainly uh, much so for, for people out there, right? And you already said, Dan, but for people out there that think Colombia, you, you just, uh, you know, Pablo Escobar, cocaine, you know, you think crazy stuff. It's a very, I mean, cosmopolitan, for the places we went, they were very cosmopolitan. The people are very, right. I didn't feel like a danger at all, zero. Uh, and yeah. uh, I think that's very different from the perception of America. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know what year you were there, but um, it kind of depends last, on what year you were there. <laughs> last year, last year. Oh, definitely not dangerous. Last year uh, hasn't been dangerous for quite a few years. When when I lived there, it was pretty dangerous. Um, I was there ninety eight to two thousand two. Uh, my dad's in the oil and gas industry, so that's why we moved around a lot as a kid. And um, you couldn't you, you couldn't travel from city to city. It was that kind of dangerous. Like you couldn't take a road trip. You could fly to Medellin. Uh, so I've never, I've actually never been to Medellin or Cali because it was just uh, too dangerous to drive. Now you can. Now the roads are are cleared in the sense that you won't get kidnapped. So it was too dangerous because you get kidnapped and uh, held for ransom, which is not ideal. Um, <laughs> now they're they're good businessmen, so they generally want to let you go and uh, get their ransom. So uh, that is generally what happens. But uh, you know, we had armored cars. Uh, most of my friends had to have armored cars. Um, it was an interesting time growing up. The president's son, Pre President Pastrana, at the time, his son was in my grade, played soccer with me. Uh, so we always had like massive amounts of security around us. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just it was just an interesting time in high school. I was like Paraguay. We got shook down by the cops all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got they would yeah. see that we were. Ronnie was in the truck with us. They would see him and they'd just step out on the road and stop you. And it was a shakedown till you money. paid. And yeah, yeah. like you probably have money. So um, we'll yep. make up something. And, and okay. yeah, that's, that's the culture. <laughs> so you mentioned, obviously, you, and then something I wanted to ask was that you had a very unique childhood uh, going from place to place and living in a lot of other countries. How did that affect wanting to be a Navy SEAL? Was that something you wanted to do as a, as a, as a kid way before all that? Or how, how did that develop? Um, yeah, I didn't develop uh, from moving abroad. I think I, I think I wanted to do it. I think it, that dream came about probably just before I moved to Ecuador. So I lived in Ecuador my um, uh, seventh grade. Um, then I was back in Houston for eighth grade, and then then we moved again to Colombia for all the high school. So um, I read a book called Rogue Warrior by Dick Marcinko. Great book, really like fun writing. Um, probably somewhat fictional, somewhat non-fictional book and that just got me hooked and then and then that was just the dream and that's how most seals will describe their entry into the seal teams it's uh something that got them hooked maybe it's a uh, you know charlie sheen and navy seals uh or but it's uh, dick marcinko's books for my generation was a big one because that was the first time we even had books about the seals so it was the, it was the only books about the seals back then now there's a lot more um so it, most guys wanted that dream from a very young age it's, it's kind of the only way you can make it uh, it, it just has to be a part of you. It has to be like, like you, you'd rather die than than lose this dream because it's it's the only way you can make it through the training, is if you really don't have your a choice. I, I described this uh, 
mentality in, in my book and no in, in the chapter called No Plan B. Um, and you have to go if you were for a real goal for living with purpose, you, you have to have no plan B and you have to live that way. I attribute a lot deeper meaning to it than that. You got to read the book. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's 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 but most guys will will say it's been a lifelong dream. Yeah. And I read uh, Rogue Warrior as a, as a kid and as a teenager or whatever. And, and all those other books, Red Cell and all, all the books. And, yeah. And loved, love, love, love those books. And and uh, I had those same thoughts as a kid. Obviously, I went a much different direction in life. Uh, but uh, that was, uh, that, those were great books. And, I, and so I wonder, because you mentioned the books, books are not, uh, are not well received uh, these days by, by the team guys. And, uh, and we work, Red Town One works with many, many team guys. And there we have several on the team that are on the, on the payroll and part of our, our, our inner circle here. Sean Rosario, Don Rosso, Terry uh, Hewitt, and a long, long list of them. Uh, goes on. There's a long, long list. Uh, Chris yeah. Friedrichs, and uh, yep. I should mention. Now I'm starting to say all the names. Andy Clapper, Amy, and Andy Don. No, no. Johnny Primo is. Uh, is He's a, a Green Bray. Green Bray. Uh, big difference. No, uh, no offense to Johnny. <laughs> no, Johnny you're yeah, get killed now, Ryan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, you're done. You're done, bro. Um, so uh, yeah, there's there's a long list of them, but. The books are not a popular thing uh, these days. Obviously, your book is very, very different. It has nothing to do with team guy stuff. You know, it, you do mention some stuff, and we've I've read it, but there's a few chapters, and you certainly touch on all of it. But the, the actual team guy books, so it's not a popular thing within the teams. I, yeah. I I've talked to a lot of these guys about that, and to be honest with you, I don't agree with it. But I wanted to hear your opinion. Yeah. Giving away tactics and how you clear rooms and stuff is much different. But what do you think? Yeah. It, it, you're going to get a different opinion with a different team guy. Um, usually it's, it, and it, it, it largely depends on the book. Um, you can do it the right way. I feel like I did it the right way. It doesn't have a big trident on the front and it's not, it's not about the teams. I mean, I, I use my experience in the teams to sort of buttress some of the concepts that I'm trying to argue, but it's, it's clearly more of a cultural philosophy book and a, a bit of a self-help book too. Um, but, but in between the lines, well, not so much in between the lines, pretty overtly. It's it's a cultural philosophy book. It's a culture war book. And um, and I had a lot of fun writing it because it is so interdisciplinary. You know, in the same few pages, you'll you'll hear references to 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 you know uh, in-depth energy policy issues, Taylor Swift, um, and and um, you know, ancient Stoic philosophy and and some psych studies that I reference. So it's like it's just a very it was very fun to to write because all of that weaves together rather well in the concepts that I'm trying to trying to inform the reader about. Okay, but to your question, it depends on the book. Like if it's just a tell all trying to make yourself sound cool, like Eric Greitens books will 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 ring true of this. He's very little respect in the teams because of this. And um because we also know that his history deploying is well basically non-existent. So that really makes guys mad. Um I don't think Jocko's books are should make anybody mad. I mean, cl clearly, there's always some haters, right? Don't ever write a book, right? But like Jocko's books, he's he's clearly, you know, he's referencing his experience to make his points, but he has very unique points that are helping people. Um, and I think guys appreciate that, or they should at least. Uh, so I have a lot of respect for what Jocko does because it's 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 original thought. And that's the key. If you have original thought, I think it should be respected. If it's just a tell-all and you're giving tactics away, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna make some people really mad, and it it does feel like you're just using the job itself to get um, some a quick buck out of it, and, uh, and and to what benefit? So I think 
I think if, if it's benefiting society in some way, I think it's worth supporting. If it's not, then um, you know, I think you're going to rub people the wrong way. Yeah, it's like um, for for a lot of the books, um, I think there is some level of like jealousy, you know, with with any anybody with with team guys, you know, are very, uh, you know, better than anybody, right? They're very competitive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we've had jealousy, yeah. Yeah, they're crazy competitive that want to win. That's how, that's how I am. I want to win no matter what. I want to push harder than anybody else. I want to, you know, so I do get that. And uh, even like, like I always remember, I don't know, you, I'm sure you don't know Brandon Cruz and Ryan Bates, but those were our first team guys on the team. Um, and they're a little older than you. Uh, and they were both on the team. And, uh, and I remember uh, Brandon decided to create an Instagram. And uh, it was a tough decision to create Instagram for him. He didn't, you know, he didn't know if that's the right thing to do. Was it going to be quiet for years? Yeah, everything? yeah, I've been quiet. He was like, Well, I need to look cool. That's the number. Am I going to look cool on this? Is it going to be, are people going to look down on me? Or are people in the community not going to like it? But then once he did it, he's like, Now nah, I want to be the best. He's like, how do I get to, how do I get to 10,000 followers? How do I, how do I beat this guy or that guy? <laughs> right. Um, competition, yeah. Right. But there is, there is. So with books, I wonder how much of it. So like David Goggins. So, I'll bring him up because he's not super well liked in the community. Although I, I've met him before and we've talked and stuff and he even says he's not super well liked in the community, but you know, his book is very popular, right? Very, very popular. He doesn't talk about tactics or anything. Right. But a lot of guys don't like that. Yeah. So his book, I, I've never read his book and I've never met a single seal who knows him. So yeah. I have no opinion. Um, he, I, 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 he doesn't have a very, um, what would I call it? His seal career isn't isn't very full, I guess. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. He's not known for any particular deployments or in anything in particular. So, and I don't know what his book's even about. Um, you know, he he seems to be selling more of a a you know fifty mile run ultra marathon type of mentality. Uh, to me, it's it has nothing to do with the seal teams. Um, and so I, again, his messaging is his whole demeanor. It doesn't, I can't relate with it at all. It's, it's, it's not very seal like seals don't act that way. Um, um, and so it, that's his own brand. And I, don't, I, he, I, I see some of his um, videos. He doesn't really talk about seal stuff. No. Obviously the book has a picture of him in uniform. Uh, so it's like a, so I just I just don't know I just don't have much of an opinion um, because it, it seems to me like a totally different brand that's um, but the, but that is clearly boosted by the trident on his chest. Yes, well, I mean that's the same thing that I that I've heard is that you know his thing was being the, the toughest guy in training, right? To be the, the well, yeah, but see, that 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 would really make a seal mad to hear that <laughs> yeah. um, because it's like what does that mean to be the toughest guy in training? You know, to me, it's not tough to to run a lot. You know, I'm not trying to diminish it. it it's a it's a different brand. Yeah. To me, it's tough. The guy gets shot 28 times and walks away from it. That's tough. Like that's um, so. It's just it's just a different. It's a totally different brand. And so, you know, if it works, it works. If it makes people happy to you know get some motivated, get some motivated. Um, but it's it's um, it's it's not what. Uh, it's not what seals are necessarily where we, we don't necessarily um, motivate ourselves that way. It's, it's a little bit more of like a silent grit and like, you just like suffer through it and laugh through the pain kind of, kind of mentality. And I think that's, um, 
it's it's he, he just says his own thing and it's it's kind of fun to watch um but it's it's not necessarily who we are yeah well the one the one thing on a positive note for david goggins is at least he is inspiring it seems like he's inspiring a lot of people to do stuff that's outside of their comfort zone and and with his instagram and his stuff yeah while he may not be uh the the, the best example of a, of a team guy at least he is you know well, I'm just saying I don't know that he is or not. I, I just it's just it's just not it's it's a totally different brand. Yeah. Um, you know, that's fine. It it is what it is. I just never read the book, so I can't really judge. I just don't I just yeah. don't know. Hundred percent. So politics. So when you yeah, were speaking in, of grit, yeah, yeah, speaking of oh, no, <laughs> these days, oh my yeah. god, these days it's crazy. Good so Lord. so for politics, when you were a team guy, or even before that, when you were in Columbia or when you were a child, so I've heard many, many people that say, and including like me personally, where I love the, the, the stories from Richard uh, Marchinko and stuff. And I loved uh, all that. And, and I thought that would be amazing. And what a cool thing to do what a great career and what a, you know, honorable path to go down. Politics was not as much for me as a kid. I never really thought of that. Uh, was that something you thought of as a kid or is that something you discovered that something you wanted to do later on in life? Um, kind of, kind of, yes and no, you know, there's a difference between policy and politics. I was very, always interested in policy. So, um, policy being, being, you know, looking at a certain problem set, writing papers about it, a little bit more of an, uh, the, the intellectual approach. I mean, it did model UN as a, as a kid in high school, um, started a model UN club at, at Tufts. Um, you know, the, who knows why. Um, maybe because I just wanted us to all go to Montreal where the model UN summit was. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, um, but I, you know, I studied international relations in my undergrad and then graduate school did a master's in public policy. So policy and government was always my interest and focus, not necessarily politics. And there is quite the difference. Um, you know, when you're interested in politics, you're interested in who's running, you're interested in races and campaigns. This never interested me at all. Um, I, I was not involved at all in politics, um, but um, it didn't mean that it didn't become more um, closer to the front of my mind, maybe mo mostly at Harvard, because Harvard is constantly talking about politics and running for office. It's a policy school. That's 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 really what they're trying to do. And I think it's rather cool, actually. Um, and uh, so I kind of thought about it, but still didn't have a path. And um, you, you either need to have a lot of money, you need to know people with a lot of money, or you need a um, window of opportunity to run for office. So we got a window of opportunity when a uh, local congressman retired um, here in here in my district in, in Houston, and we went for it. That's super cool. So it was like something you were interested in, but not not part of the goal. It's not like uh, a yeah. books. It just kind of happened based on the things you were doing and, and opportunity. It happened overnight. Yeah, yeah. I was about to take a different job. Did they push you to do it? Was there people telling you like, "Hey, this is this"? Yeah, is yeah. A, kind of a, a serendipitous meeting with a with a staffer on the hill. I was just networking because I was looking for policy jobs. Uh, and then he's like, "Why don't you just run?" And I was like, "Oh, I'll just run, just like that." And uh, <laughs> you know, like where? How? He's like, "Well, where are you from?" I said, that, "You know, my district would be the second district in Texas." And he just looked it up and he's like, "Well, that's interesting because Ted Poe announced retirement last night." And so it was like. You know, what if I'd met John, his name is John, you know, a day and a half before. I think we were scheduled to meet like the week before. If we'd met then, he would have looked it up and said, oh, you're not going to beat him. OK, let's look for something else for you. You know, so uh, really, and I, again, I don't follow politics, so I, I would not have even known if he retired a week later because I just don't follow it. I didn't follow it. Clearly, I follow it now. <laughs> <laughs> so do you feel like 
do you feel like you're uh that it was like meant to happen kind of thing because uh i mean it, oh, yeah. it seems like it was meant to happen it does seem that way for sure especially now because of what's happened since then. So you retired from the military in 2016. And then after that, not sh shortly after that, right? I mean, it's only what, two years or so after that this yeah. happened? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, late 2016, I was retired, did a, a year at Harvard. And then a few months later was running. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it, it, it happened before you know it. I mean, it literally was like yeah. one thing after another. And now you're running and now you're elected and all of a sudden the super cool thing is that not only you're elected but you're very popular people like like your message like you so like <laughs> you've done i mean it, it was like a, a cascade i remember when on instagram i found you or uh, maybe my wife found you and was like oh check him out and you had like i don't know maybe five ten thousand followers and then all of a sudden you it oh wow early yeah skated oh yeah for sure yeah yeah it was like crazy how things happened and people, it wasn't, that's not because of anything other than people liking your message. You know, you're not yeah. putting any, uh, any, uh, booty pics or anything as far as I've seen. Right. Uh, there's a few on there. I think when you ran for yeah. earlier on. Okay. Yeah. 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 Some yeah. <laughs> from, from going from the seals where again, people are more quiet to running for, you know, then entering the political arena. How, how was that transition where now all of a sudden kind of your whole life's public? Yeah, this is, I mean, I really don't like it. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the benefit is, is the fact that the, just my look, um, you know, I can kind of disguise myself. I can put on different looks because people are looking for this like particular eye patch guy. Um, so you know, the only benefit is, is I can kind of hide if I sort of take it off, put on sunglasses and a hat. Um, you really can't tell who I am, but, uh, I, I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how else to describe it because, um, it's, I, I loved, I love an anonymous, um, lifestyle. And so, but it's just a price you pay, um, if you want to be influential. So, um, you know, a reason, a reason you even bother to run for politics as opposed to stay in the policy world, because you can still make an impact working on policy, but your impact is limited and it's limited in scope. So in politics, you can impact much deeper and much wider, um, a much wider variety of policies that you might care about and, um, and, and you can lead. And so, you know, that's what, that's why, why, why do I put so much effort into this Instagram? It's, it's because you've got to make it entertaining and you got to make it informative. And I'm trying to give people some tools that they can use. And, um, and, you know, it's the whole point is communication with people. And, um, and and delivering something to somebody that they'll they'll actually need um, and want to share. So I think that's a huge part of being a representative is communication, and um, it's definitely the future of politics, and needs to be the future for for more people getting into it. Yeah, I mean, you've done with with your your social media marketing and your 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 brand, you've done a fantastic job, and you've created definitely something that's very engaging that people like and they they think is uh, you know not only interesting, but entertaining. And I think that is a huge deal, uh, especially because it's organic. You're not paying for this. This yeah. is part of your, your brand right. being able to create. I mean, that's, a, so we're, we're obviously we sell nutritional supplements, but ultimately, you know, my passion is digital marketing and marketing in general. And so I can certainly appreciate the ability to do that uh, without spending any money. And you've done a fantastic job at, at not only um, doing that for your brand, but also, um, I guess really intelligently educating a lot of people that are not really aware 
uh, of a lot of the a lot of the policies that are out there, a lot of the the beliefs, and, and my, myself included, where where I uh, I think I'm an intelligent uh, uh, voter, right? But I may not know all the details of a lot of the things, and, and you put it out there, and I go, oh wow, that's interesting, and that and that creates me to start looking into stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they, that's the goal. Yeah, it might take away some of the like with the infographics for someone that maybe isn't in tune with politics or policy it boils it down to something that's digestible where they might get interested in it. I think that's, for me, that's the thing. And also too, it's kind of a question I had for you, Dan, is how much do you think you being younger benefits you in that regard? Because obviously I would assume you're a lot more in touch with people who are using social media and then what would be important to them versus, you know, the typical average 60 year old congressman that's out there. Um, It definitely helps, right? I mean, I can, I can figure out, you know, reels, quickly. Um, I've also always been interested in video editing. So you've seen our videos just get better and better over the last couple of years. And, and this was initially I was doing that work. Um, and then I trained staff to do it. Now they're like well beyond me. Um, you know, we have just amazing organic staff that can because some of these videos are like super just a hey, just quick selfie and I and then I'll actually do it on reels, um, which of course is, you know, the new TikTok. The American TikTok, uh, because people have like 15 seconds. I love reels because people will watch the whole thing. It's only 15 seconds, and so you get a lot of information into that 15 seconds. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna do some good there. Um, And uh, but some, some of these are much more well produced, and uh, you know, just basic things like always put subtitles. These are very basic rules, and um, a lot of people don't understand this. And how did I figure this stuff out? I just, I just thought about what I would watch. It's really that simple. Um, you know, copy things that work. I, I, I kind of write about this in my book too, when you, when in, in a much deeper way, but if you want to improve upon something, plagiarize, plagiarize other people's behavior, um, you know, plagiarize their, their attributes that clearly work for them. And this is the case with, with whether you're, you're doing marketing, whether you want to, um, be a better athlete, whether you want to be a, a, a better socialite, I, I don't know, but everybody moves up in a hierarchy differently. And, you know, as you try to improve yourself over time, look at who has already succeeded and see how they do it. And um, this was a clear, I kind of, I came upon this sort of insight just by thinking about how my leadership style developed while in the military and how I would look to leaders that I thought, wow, there's a reason I respect this person. Okay, what are they doing? And then just be more like that, (laughs) you know? And and as a young person, you should always be, be kind of, working towards that. So I, I call it hero archetypes because I, I don't believe in choosing like a hero that you look up to and want to be like, I believe in choosing multiple attributes that you see in different people and um, and that you aspire to be more like, and this you, you, cre- you create your heroic self really, kind of like a vision statement. And um, so that's a very complicated way of saying, just do what you see already works and then implement it. And that's, that's kind of how we work with social media. Makes sense. Dan, so being at uh, Harvard after being a SEAL, you were a SEAL for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. So being at Harvard after being a SEAL for a decade, was it uh, was it weird to be with kids that are obviously a lot of them are very privileged, right? That have had a very privileged, certainly never saw combat or anything remotely close right. to them in their life. And here you are uh, sitting with them in class and uh, in dealing with the type of kids was there any conflict? Did you enjoy it? Was it something that you just had to suffer through? Um, yeah, no, it was enjoyable. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, not, not with everybody, obviously, <laughs> but 
there's a lot of closed-mindedness. Liberals are very closed-minded. Um, they they have no idea what conservatives actually think, and so there's some, some interesting conversations. Uh, I was in a cohort full of older uh, students because it was in the mid-career program, so much older, much more mature, able to have regular conversations and, and connect on because everybody's got you know some kind of background, a story to tell. They're not just like 24-year-old grad students. Um, so I, I rather enjoyed it. And I think the institution at the Kennedy school is still, still has its head above water. You can still find what you want there. Um, as far as academia goes and intellectual diversity goes, um, maybe not as much as a conservative would like, but you can still find it to an extent. And, um, now it's, it's always in danger because I think students are always trying to pull it away to some kind of postmodern identity politics leftism, but the institution is intact still. Um, and I rather enjoyed it. I learned a lot. I think we have time for one more. Sorry, guys. I'm like on a hard schedule. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do it. We'll do it. We'll do like a super rapid fire and then uh, we'll let you go. Okay, buddy. Um, we'll go fast. So uh, let's see. What's one thing about besides your phone you can't leave home without? Well, a wallet. <laughs> <laughs> An iPad. An iPad. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Favorite city in the world? Oh, Houston. Favorite book or author? Um, oh, let me give you a really weird one. Um, uh, Fierce Invalids Home from Hot Climates by Tom Robbins. Yeah, he's got a really crazy writing style. Uh, and I read him as a kid. It was interesting. Um, worst part of SEAL training? having your leg broken and having to start over. Um, other than that, uh, I don't like pool comp. Uh, I don't like having my air supply tied into knots and then, you know, chicken necking at the bottom of the pool, trying to fix it. I just don't like it. I, I don't know who would like it, but. Right. <laughs> if you were yeah. in politics, what would you be? If I wasn't in politics. Where would I be? God, I have no idea. I, you know what? I'd, I'd want to start a business. I think that's the only thing that would make me happy. Least favorite, least favorite congressman or congresswoman. Oh, interesting. interesting. Oh God, who do I pick? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you an easy one. Just Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> <laughs> Most admired president, United States president. Oh, um, oh, I don't want to sound you know cliche, but um, Lincoln. Um, what's so three more? What's your motto? If you had a motto, what's the Dan Crenshaw motto? Oh, Dan Crenshaw, live with fortitude. Yep. All right. The most, uh, the historical figure you most identify with. Hmm. Hmm. I've never thought about that question. Uh, that's a, that's a very difficult one for me. And I, and I feel like I'm putting myself in a box with whatever I choose for, for the philosophical reasons I gave you earlier about how I choose heroes. Um, God, I don't. Can we skip that? I have no yeah, idea. We could skip that. And I get to add a question. We had all the we had all the really hard questions. We yeah. we went past by. But uh, who is the person you speak to almost every single day? Um, well, the only person I speak to every single day, I guess, is my wife. Makes <laughs> it makes sense, right? You I don't in DC or is this in in uh, at home? Uh, I'm in Houston. I'm in Houston now. Yep, oh, I'll be back in DC for the next two weeks. Uh, all right. Well, well, Dan, we're gonna let you go, man. We uh, we would love we loved having you. It was fantastic, and we appreciate your time. I know you uh, you have a hard 
stop and and it's been great really hey thanks a lot guys thank appreciate you so much you. Man. all right have a good thank one you. bye dan i wonder if he's ever been mistaken for russell crowe russell crowe he, he could, could be a russell, russell crowe Crow. he could be a russell crowe yeah. russell crowe with an eye patch wait you, is he still there you want to go back, back that's my answer to your question who do i identify with the gladiator there you the go gladiator. hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> all right you guys <laughs> thank you Dan. good job Eric. You, you helped him you helped out with the question that was a tough one for him to answer but he he got it he is kind of like the gladiator he took, yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's russell crowe like 15 when russell years crow ago was still in good when shape he was still and, russell crowe yeah. before he was uh blimp. fat and yeah. bloated yeah he is uh who did he play that i we love that i love that show uh roger ayers right i love that show yeah but he's, he's, he's a, for fox yeah he was fantastic. he's been eating good he's been eating good he's been eating really good he has a new young wife that's like 25 and he's like 300 pounds now got that laying on top of it <laughs> now you're on ryan's wife on there's no way there <laughs> show ryan come on show ryan. no i'm just kidding um, so guys that was awesome we really appreciate dan being on the show um you know getting this type of guest uh obviously there's a, a very limited amount of time i hope you guys enjoyed the questions we asked we had some other good ones going but you know ultimately he answered a lot of great ones hopefully it's very different than other shows you've seen dan on i think it was right yeah i mean because also too obviously with when you're in politics there's only certain questions too that you're going to want to answer oh, because yeah. everything you say is scrutinized so yeah i hate i hate that um uh, because that's the truth right ultimately there there's a lot of very like if it's uncomfortable you know, but it's uncomfortable not because Dan may not want to answer it or whatever. It's uncomfortable because like he doesn't know how people are going to take it. We yep. see the media now. It's like you could say something very innocuous that you don't mean anything and it could be twisted into something terrible and could hurt you. Imagine if I was in politics. Whew. I know. Oh, you'd be terrible. You'd be terrible. You'd, you'd have to be like very. I'd be like a be, clerk. Either either you have to be a uh, totally benign and like not Eric Hart, or or B you'd be like the one guy that either people loved or you just like. I want to be Will Ferrell from the campaign. You could do that. So did you ever watch, we were just, me and Anthony were talking about that the other day, um, about, um, what was it called? Bosworth? Bullworth. Bullworth. Yeah, Bullworth. Pull that one up, Ryan. Bullworth or Johnny. Pull that one up, Bullworth. Are are we dating ourselves? Johnny, you ever watch Bullworth? Ryan, Bullworth? 1998. You too, Bullworth? Man, Bullworth is awesome. People would love that shit. Right now, required if you were Bullworth, material to watch. Johnny, can you pull it up and, and play like the trailer from Bullworth and play with the sound? Is that possible? All right, we'll talk for a second. So Bullworth, <laughs> as, as Johnny gets it ready, Johnny, in you trouble. Better, you better fucking go. So um, uh, Bullworth was uh, a movie that's like kind of follows the the a politician who basically loses his mind, who goes mm-hmm. crazy. That's not Bullworth. That's Bill Clinton. We want to hear it, though, Johnny. Oh, yeah, go play it with, with the sound. I'm ready. Go. We'll, we'll pay anything that comes from it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're good. Are you going? This federal funding to rebuild our community. What happened? Well, you, you haven't really contributed any money to my campaign, have you? What are you saying? Are you saying? Isn't that obvious? I mean, if you don't put down that malt liquor and chicken wings and get behind somebody other than a running back who stabs his wife, you're never going to get rid of somebody like me. That was really good. Yo. Yo, yo, yo to you. Later. I was hoping for sooner. 
Senator, what is this new strategy? Just tell me a little bit. Senator Bulworth, excuse me, Senator, do you think it's wise to seek the support of the entertainment industry when you have such low opinion of our product? My guys are not stupid. They always put the big Jews on my schedule. Excuse me? Murphy put something bad about Farrakhan in here for you. Let me look. Miss, you be really honest with me and don't spare my feelings. Do you have any more of the little crispy crab cakes? There could be some me too's and maybe some uh, some upset people. That's fine. Uh, yeah, but Bullworth was amazing. So that's where we were in 1998, or right, Ryan? Yeah. And people love that shit. They they thought it was fantastic. The Clinton era. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it and uh, be insulted by it. It was a, it was a fantastic movie, and uh, it reminds me of the show Daryl, uh, and uh, she would love it. She would love that. Show. Listen, that's pretty much how I live my life. Yeah, that would be you. That would be you. Honestly, that would be you. You'd be Bullworth. Pretty much. Just you'd be, yeah, be you'd my be, new nickname. You'll be Bullworth. Silky so, Bullworth. Silky Bullworth. That's my porn name, I think. Silky Bullworth. Nice. You combine those two. It sounds very like, you know, Ryan thought that was very enticing. Yeah. So I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. Trademark that shit for me. Give me my URL. All right, cool. Oh, wow. Great. What's this? Go back to this, Johnny. Go back to reverse it so let's hear what Bullworth has to say. Getting paid by some really rich guys to ask a couple of other rich guys questions about their campaign. <laughs> but our campaigns are financed by the same guys that pay you guys your money. <laughs> so, I mean, what are we talking about? I'm bringing the man down there. If they don't like anyway, it, they can kiss right, my ass. Um, I could tell you stories about getting money from these guys that would pin your ears back. <laughs> you have stories about me. I mean, uh, I don't know about uh, Hugh. Do you have that... Uh, but uh, I tell you, we got a club, right? Republicans, Democrats, what's the difference? You know, your guys, my guys, our guys, us guys. It's a club. So why don't we just uh, have a drink? <laughs> you? No? Uh, you know, Hugh, if you win this thing, you, you really got to think about where you're going to put your kids in school. We, we put our daughter and Sidwell friends with Clintons. Uh, the Gores really like St. Albans. But a public school anywhere around Washington is a disaster. Excuse me, Senator. If you don't mind, at the moment, I think we're here to ask about the news of your campaign. News? What are, what, what are you talking about, the news? Come on, the guys you and I get our money from, they don't want the people to have the news. They want you to think that corporations are more efficient than government, right? You want to know why the healthcare industry is the most profitable business in the United States? Because the insurance companies take 24 cents out of every dollar that's spent. You know what it takes the government to do the same thing for Medicare? Three cents out of every dollar. Now, what is all this crap they hand you about business being more efficient? What the hell is going on in here? These guys... By the way, by the way, Dan does not. Dan Crenshaw, calls. Dan Crenshaw. Dan Crenshaw does not endorse any of these comments. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't believe in this. This is anti anything he said. So just so you know, just trying to. I'm trying to hurt Dan when we're playing this. We're completely shielding him. I'm watching. This. Yeah, we're shielding Dan because he has nothing to do with this, and, and there's no responsibility for Dan on anything that's shown by Johnny, who's a bad man. Show Johnny. Show Johnny. Man, this uh, is all Johnny. This is all Johnny. Now? Show Johnny. Oh. Johnny, why'd you do that? Anyway, so that's the do worst. we have any good questions or we're gonna go right? We're gonna Okay, guys. No question. Thank yeah. you so much for you know tuning in. We had a great show. We had a great Eric did fantastic with the beginning of the show with the 
the news stories about the NFL. Oh you're, yeah, you're the you're the. Man. I had my own promo tonight. Yeah, your promo. Yeah, he, he was uh, fantastic in that. Very svelte, a lot of a lot of muscles, big shoulders. I would buy it after, <laughs> after watching Eric. I thought I would buy it. I went to my phone. I'm like, oh yeah, so, I own I own the company. <laughs> I got very enti- I get very enticed to buy something. All more the reason to support us. Yes, I should I should buy a lot, right? And then uh, and then of course we had on Dan Crenshaw, who's fantastic. Show the deal again, Johnny. So guys, this is the deal for the show. If you're watching right now, the 9/11 Memorial shirt it's a charity bundle so what you can get this weekend from right now till sunday night tomorrow night we have the uh the run uh, the readiness run at the gym which is going to be awesome there's hundreds of pe- hundred literally hundreds of people sign up and we have like 20 something sponsors dariel did a fantastic job getting awesome job. well over ten thousand dollars in sponsors for the for the run which is unbelievable and all that money goes right to a family right to a family who's a uh, military family who's been affected by 9 11 in some way and uh it's going to be, man, it's going to be fantastic. So we've done some really cool stuff with the, with the foundation already, uh, helping Courtney Brown, helping uh, uh, the kids uh, for yeah kids for some of the tier one operators in the world, uh, the most active uh, fathers uh, in terms of fighting the, the war on terror and then their, their families. And then we have this that's going to happen you know, very quickly after this. This month, hopefully we'll find somebody. We have a few uh, people that are really like in the front, run, front running for being helped this month. And um, we, the point of the Red Cone Foundation is to significantly change the life of somebody in the military, their family or themselves, who has given a lot for us. So we're really helping people that have protected us, protecting people that have protected us. So it's going to be fantastic. We can't wait. And this deal this weekend is going to be contributing to that, the 9-11 Memorial. Yes, yeah, the thing is, you know, some people may say, oh, you've run a deal on 9-11. It's to generate money for the foundation for someone who was affected by 9-11. Right. So that's that's really the impetus of it, is to put more money into that pot to give out. So um, pull it back up, but this is a shirt for free with a $50 purchase. Anything you want to buy, whether it's three cases of bars or three cases of Total Wars or a whole bunch of other shirts, you get this shirt for free with a $50 purchase. For $60, I pre-wear it once, and then you get it. It is a nine-line shirt. It is shirt. a nine-line. Yeah, it's good nine-line apparel on the, on the sleeve. And then also oh, another sleeve, the Red Cone Foundation. Show them yeah, another one. It's a nine-line shirt. Very neat. And it's an extremely high quality. They did a great no, job. This is a one. really good, good blend. And then after, was it was it 65 you get the next one? Or was it 70? 80. 80. 80, you get what? The Total Emory, War. Total War. And then how much is the? 95, you get the MRE 95, light. you get MRE Light. But you can also use the code SAVE30 to save 30%, regardless of if you spend under $50 or over $1,000. You get 30% off with the code SAVE30. So. Please check that out. We appreciate it. And to be honest, you're not only getting cool supplements, a great deal, awesome shirt, but you're also helping a good cause. And honestly, for Redcon One, when we think of like you know, Dan was talking about, what's his purpose? What's the the cause that he's supporting? We are trying to do good stuff. We're trying to do good things, help people. And uh, not only are you buying great supplements at a very amazing price, where you have got a great deal, but you're also helping a great cause. Very great cause. Yeah. So with that in mind, we're going to end episode number 16 of the Readiness Report. And thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Dan Cranshaw, especially for coming on to the show. I know Dan is extremely, extremely busy and has a high, high demand for these type of things. So it was fantastic and very appreciated that he came on the show. And next week we'll have Alan Dershowitz, which is a, we call him, I call him Dersh. Dersh? Dersh. So if you want to see Dersh next week 
and uh, be impressed at the not only the accomplishments, but also the intelligence of a 80 year old, 80 plus year old dude who's done everything and known everyone since he was basically born. Uh, the dude is unbelievable and uh, you will be astonished by who he is, what he knows and where he's been. He's still cranking still at that age. Yeah. I mean, he is just as sharp now as he was, I'm sure when he was 30, 40, 50, et cetera. The guy ultimately, maybe he's even sharper now because he has less things that he's doing. So he's focused more on the things that he's passionate about or interested in. So I'm excited to show you guys and introduce you guys to a person that is very unique. Uh, whether you know him from the, the representing Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, or from the, the days back in the day where he was a civil rights activist, which he still is. Uh, he is a true 100% liberal. Uh, which is interesting because he was a liberal in the in the 50s and 60s, really the 60s. And so he'll probably almost certainly talk about liberalism in the age of extremism, which is one of his books that he sent me that is fantastic, talking about how things have changed so much. Because when I was a kid, I was a kid in the 80s, I didn't know politics, but in the 90s, I started knowing, you know, my favorite president is Ronald Reagan. So I started to like learn a little about politics and, and beliefs. And man, things have changed so much from when liberalism meant accepting everybody's belief and, mm -hmm. and, and being, you know, available to anybody. And, you know, and now it's just such opposite extremes. There's no middle anymore. There's really no middle. And Republicans so Republicans and Democrats used to be very similar. Yeah. And, and he'll, and hopefully we'll get him to talk about a lot of the things that have changed. He could do a much better description than I could ever do of how things have changed over the years in the last honestly, 60 a very years. short period of time. Yeah. Well, especially in the short period of time, probably um, from Reagan era on really in, in, in history of humanity, it's like a, a, a fraction of a piece of sand um, in a, on a beach full of sand. But uh, yeah, he's he's an amazing uh, he's amazing at speaking. So talking to you guys, I'm sure you'll appreciate the fact that uh, he can explain it in, in much more detail than I can. And he's and he's been there to see uh, the genesis of being uh, a liberal then to you know, where now it's like very unclear on what that means and where, where those people are. And it's not like a, an accepting thing. Now it's like a thing of, of, you know, well, all the way a lot of people yell at people and accost them as they, you know, anyway, we're not going to go into it, but I will let Alan talk about his beliefs next week. I'm very excited to have Alan on for a whole multitude of reasons. And I think when you guys get to meet Alan in a, uh, so one of the things is with Alan is that he often gets, with these news hits to have three minutes, two minutes, four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. So I think that, I don't know when the last time he had an hour of talk was, but I can tell you that when you get to talk to him for an hour, you're gonna be like, wow, there's a lot more there than, than anybody's seen. That's what I mean, because you've had that many years of experience and normally you say it's just these small bites he gets to talk in, now he actually gets to talk. I mean, he could talk for 10 hours, honestly, but we'll see. It's not gonna be that long of a we'll show. See, yeah, we'll see how long he wants to talk. I mean, if he does two hours, it'll be great. If he does an hour, it'll be great. Because normally people get a tiny, tiny taste of him uh, re recently talking about Jeffrey Epstein, which is bullshit. Uh, so he'll talk about Jeffrey Epstein and Epstein Island and all that other nonsense. But when you get a taste of who the guy is, what, what his beliefs are, and who the man is, I think people are going to be very surprised and very entertained. I'm looking forward to it. So see you next week. Hopefully, uh, in, assuming nothing happens and there's no... You know, you never know, right? We with Dan when full disclosure. Full disclosure, Dan didn't tune in until uh, like ten minutes after the time. So, with Alan, I'll, I'll make sure he's good to go and everything's okay and he's good to see. Sure he has a supper early. 
You know, yeah, so I'm going to do everything I got to do to make sure he's ready to rock and roll uh, come 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We'll be back next week. Till next week, we're out. In remembrance of the horrible tragedy of 9-11, this weekend only, we want to offer the 9-11 Memorial Charity Bundle. Spend $50 and get this once-in-a-lifetime 9-11 Memorial shirt. Spend $80 and we're going to give you a total war of your choice for free. Spend $95 and you get to add a two-pound MRE light of your choice for free. If you want to save even more, put Save 30 in at checkout for 30% off. Additionally, a large portion of the proceeds will go to the Redcon 1 Foundation. Again, this weekend only, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, only available at redcon1.com.